You're listening to the Alchemize Your Life podcast. Today, we're going to jam on The Matrix. The Great Awakening. NPCs in a video game. And your annoying friend, Karen. Guys, this is an action-packed and enlightening episode, so make sure you stay tuned. I'm so excited right now. Ah! Hi, I'm Cian Kenshin. And I'm Stephanie J. And we're here to alchemize your life. In this podcast, we show you how to apply the principles of spirituality, prosperity, and sexuality to create true and lasting transformations in your life and business. Join us at the Prism Institute of Quantum Alchemy as we explore the ancient, esoteric teachings of Buddhism, Tantra, Hermetics, and more. As we weave these primal energies together within ourselves, we repair the fractured consciousness of humanity itself. Join us in liberating the world and realizing that the gold is in you. Can we take a minute to talk about Karen, please? What? What? Who? Who's Karen? Oh my God, you know Karen? Come on, you got to know Karen. She's the one that's walking around like completely blinded by what's in front of her face. She's just like full of fear. She's always sending us those reasons we should be scared and listen to the media all the time. Oh, 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 that Karen. Yeah, she's like always like watching the news and just like Mm. spewing governmental nonsense. You're talking about my mom, aren't you? I'm talking about both our moms, I'm pretty sure. Just okay. kidding, mom. We love you. <laughs> They're probably listening to this. No, we're just joking. But yeah, Karen. Karen's like an archetype, isn't she? Yeah, the sheeple, you uh, know, blindly yeah. following and plugged into the matrix. I, 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 I thought we were talking about the Great Awakening. What does Karen have to do with the Great Awakening? Oh my God, I don't know. But let me tell you, she pisses me off. Hmm. What if there was a reason for Karen? to exist. I can't imagine a single reason why Karen would exist. I mean, she's just there pissing all of us awakened off and slowing us all down. And like, I just want the people I love to see things the way I see them. (laughs) Ken Wilber would be rolling into his grave if he was dead. Uh, that that would be a reference to Mean Green. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> every every ideology is equal unless you disagree with this ideology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, yeah. I think. Well, I think Karen's part of the fabric that is enabling the Great Awakening. What do you think about that? I think our listeners are going to need you to unpack that one a little bit. What? They can't just like understand what I'm saying by telepathy or something? No, I mean, I know I can, but that's a they'll get there eventually. That's a stretch, yeah. Yeah, so, okay, let's, um, let's think about the whole universe of beings as water molecules in a pod of water. Mm. Okay, and now we're, uh, let's just imagine... The force of Eros, which we talk about quite a bit, is the heat from the stove. The heat that creates this impulse for beings to return to source. Mm -hmm. So what we're kind of visualizing here is we've got this beautiful pot of water. It's on a hot element. And what happens when you put a pot of water on a hot element and you add arrows. Yeah, so so you you turn the temperature up a little bit, right? And um, 
it's fine. What happens is molecules rise and molecules fall. Like as they get hotter, they go up. And as they get cooler, they go down. Mm-hmm. What happens when you apply too much heat? Just, this is this is Steph's Kitchen 101 right here, you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you apply too much heat. Um, well, all of the molecules at the bottom get really excited. They get really hot really, really fast. Really hot really fast. And they vibrate. And they vibrate. Very and, quickly. And as a result of vibrating, they float up. Mm-hmm. But because there's so much heat being applied, everyone wants to float up at the same time. What does that do? Uh, I think it makes the water boil. Yeah, that creates a vacuum at the bottom, mm. right? There's there's no cooler molecules at the bottom to support the hotter molecules at the top. Mm-hmm. So you end up with this crazy chaotic system, you know, going crazy. And then if it's Steph's kitchen. Uh, <laughs> and she burns it, everything. It boils over and spills on the floor and the dog licks it up. And then you have like beings like outside of their universe. And that's no good. Yeah. In the dog's stomach now too. In that yeah. analogy. That's, that's no bueno. That's a whole, that's a whole different universe. You know? <laughs> um, so this is kind of a really simple example of what would happen if there was too much eros in our universe. And it's not just too much eros too. What happens here is when there's awakening technology made available to the masses. So it's not just about the fact that there's eros as in the drive to rejoin with source. And we'll talk more detail about eros in a future episode for those who are curious. But it's also like... Unlike the pot of boiling water, simply adding heat isn't sufficient. But when you add the heat and you add the meditative technology that's now widely available, they, people actually have the ability to rise too quickly. And then you get the Great Awakening. You get the Great Awakening, but there's but, a but, bit of a problem with that. Well, what's the vacuum at the <sighs> bottom? Could it be Karen? I, I mean, no. Karen's the antithesis to the vacuum, actually. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. So but what's the, the va- vacuum? I don't know. Like what's going on in the world right now? There's there's there seems to be some sort of force that's fighting this great awakening and everyone's like applying um some sort of personified structure to it. Like there's like some evil force at work, like trying to stop people from waking up. It doesn't matter who you talk to. Sometimes it's the government. Sometimes it's the Luciferians. Sometimes it's the cabal, like, you know, all different names for the same force that is trying to push, trying as if it's consciously trying to push people back down into being asleep. This is just nature. Like it's, it's nature is balance. Right. Mm -hmm. And when something gets out of balance, something happens to put it back in balance. This is literally the intelligence of the universe. So what is that intelligence and how does that relate to a pot of water? So you have a pot of, actually let's, you know what, I'm drinking tea right now. And I love tea so much. I'm going to switch to a nice fine cup of tea instead of a pot of boiling water. We're gonna go and look at, contrast that with a nice cup of tea. Okay, and in a well-ordered, beautiful, flavorful cup of tea. Green tea. Of course. You have these wonderful convection currents. They actually design teacups to enhance these convection currents to ensure that the flavor keeps moving around it, right? To ensure part of the beauty and the harmony in the system of the teacup. And what happens is 
you know, there are molecules that are hot, they're excited, they're waking up. High vibration high molecules. High vibration molecules. Literally how it works. Floating up because as they vibrate higher, they become lighter, lighter and lighter and lighter things float to the top naturally. Again, it's a natural process. Um, the thing that is beautiful about the tea is that not every molecule has to be super hot and float up to the top. Well, then you just burn your mouth. Who wants that? Yeah. Then the flavor doesn't mix properly. We're out of balance again, right? Right. So we end up with a bunch of cooler molecules at the bottom and then less cool molecules in the middle and then you know, the hotter ones kind of, kind of in the top floating up near the source. And these cooler molecules serve a function and that function is to create stability and to, to stop there from being a lot of chaos and a lot of this force uh, oppressing people who are, you know, getting too hot too quick, mm. right? Can you, can you see the sort of analogy here? So what we're saying, let me just correct me if I'm wrong. What you're telling me is that if we have too much technology available to too wide of an audience and too much arrows, we end up with a pot of boiling water that then spills all over the floor, i.e. we have a lot of chaos. Maybe some of it ends up in someone's stomach like auroras, who knows? But for the purpose of the analogy, we've got a lot of chaos because there's too much heat, there's too much tech, and this is creating a vacuum where there needs to be some type of pressure to cool things off. That's just the way the thermodynamics in the pot actually work. Yeah, you got it. Okay, so now when we're in a cup of tea, we're not applying too much pressure. We're allowing it to use its own natural convection current to keep itself warm and in balance. And therefore, the tea is not boiling and it actually isn't in any state of chaos at all. It's in perfect harmony, just existing you know, as it's, as it's intended to, as its nature is, right? It's in balance. Mm -hmm. And um, if you look around in our planet right now, you can see very clearly stuff's out of balance, right? Like we've got all sorts of, I'm not even going to name a lot of this stuff because it'll just get the episode blacklisted, but there's a lot of things that are out of balance and we're seeing these counterbalancing forces putting pressure against people waking up. Mm -hmm. And that's the universe trying to balance itself. So are you telling me it's a lot less about the forces that are applying the pressure and because it's actually a universal rhythm that needs to happen no matter what? That's exactly what I'm, I'm suggesting. So what about activism then? What about it? Well, is there a point of being an activist if this is just a natural way that the universe is going to flow anyways? If being an activist is in your nature, then yes. Oh, so that's the difference. Mm-hmm. So what about Karen's nature? I don't know, man. Karen's just annoying. <laughs> but is she? Isn't she the reason that you, I others who are awakening are supported. You know, we're all part of this fabric in this pot of water or cup of tea. And Karen, you know, she's just going about her life, right? She's living it according to her pattern. And yeah, she's still plugged into the matrix, but let me let me use another analogy that could maybe simplify this a little bit. I was going to say, you know, I like 
I, as a sciencey person, I'm enjoying the thermodynamic concepts here, mm -hmm. but you know, maybe something that's a little more grounded in reg regular reality would be helpful. Okay. Do you think, uh, do you know what an NPC is in a video game? Uh, I didn't grow up with video uh, games, but maybe our listeners probably did. Yeah. <laughs> well, just in case there's one or two who didn't, an NPC is non-player character. Okay. Okay. So like imagine you're in this virtual world and you're you're adventuring, right? You're off like living your best life. You've got like two swords on your back and you've got a horse and like a dragon pet and like, you know, you're doing all this crazy stuff, but then you want to go into town at some point, sell all the gear that you've looted, all the stuff you've looted, and then buy and upgrade your gear. Right. When you do that, you go to a shop and there's inevitably some dude standing there anytime you go, day or night. I'd like to correct that sometimes it's not a dude. Yeah, that's true. Sometimes it's a dragon. Or, or yeah, I mean, it could be a cat too. Yeah. Yeah. Watch out for those cat people. Ugh, the worst. <laughs> they are the worst. Never bring a cat person to Earth again. Hey, rude. <laughs> Anyways, let's get back on track here. Back on track. So, um, yeah, so there, there is a person, male or female, who is manning the shop all the time. I mean, they close sometimes, but they're like, that's all they do is they, they stand there, they man the shop, and they buy stuff from you, and they sell stuff to you. I always wonder, it must be so happy to be one of those shop keeps. Like the few times that I've played a video game, wouldn't that just be so pleasant? Like, you don't have to do any hard work. Like, you just... You wake up and you have your job kind of figured out. Why are you making a weird face at me? It just seems like, it, you know, you've already got your programs. You've got your patterns. Doesn't it feel like that would just be such a peaceful way of being? So you're, you're actually pointing at something really interesting there, right? Like, I wouldn't want to play a game where I'm standing in a shop all the time selling and buying stuff. But wouldn't it be so peaceful for some people, though? Yeah, I think so. You know, if it's in their nature to to be like that and not to adventure, then somebody like Karen, for example, would be serving her nature, serving her function, living her best life as somebody who is supporting the fabric that we're all part of, right? She is literally one of those cooler water molecules or an NPC who is serving a function for all of us, really. You know, how can, how can we shame or blame her for, like, abiding by her patterns, her functions, her programming? Yeah, and even by her following her own nature, what I'm seeing now is that her nature is actually really important to everybody else's awakening mm. because she's really protecting. If we're going to go back to the water example, she's protecting us from having too much down energy, too much chaos. Right. She is literally the foundation upon which the great awakening sits. And if we go back to the video game example, like, I mean, you'd be, it would be complete and total chaos if you went to go to the shopkeep and they were like, nope, sorry, took off to go like meditate in a cave for five years. See you later. Peace. Or punch you in the face with a gauntlet. Oh, and take that all would your, also and be worse. And take all your stuff, right? Because they're an adventurer too. What an <laughs> right? exciting twist. <laughs> yeah. No, can, can you imagine playing a video game where there were no NPCs, there were only player characters, and 
everyone was just in this adventure, kill everything sort of mood, high vibration. All they wanted to do was like explore the universe and like have fun. It would be total chaos, would it not? Yeah, it absolutely would be. There'd be no law, no order, no nothing. So, so how can you have beings accept that role and, you know, be relatively happy with it? Relative happiness. I don't know. Well, maybe if they weren't aware that there was some alternative... Maybe if they didn't have the level of awareness to see the way that the universe works and to see the suffering that they're trapped into, maybe if they had so many programs put into them by their environment that the life they're living is all they can imagine, then maybe they would just do that. And maybe they would be really happy doing that and really happy supporting the rest of the world's awakening and being that stable foundation that those that are awakening require in mm-hmm. order to continue on their own dharma. Yeah. So that that brings up this idea of like you know, everyone has to wake up. How can they be so blind? You know, how many times have you heard this? How can they be so blind? They're such a sheep. They're so plugged into the matrix. But isn't that necessary? I think it might be. Why are we whispering? For extra comedic intensity. Oh, I thought we were worried about them hearing us. It's a podcast. I think they can hear us no matter what. Oh, shit. Yeah. Are we, are we letting secrets out? Oh, uh, not yet. <laughs> I'm sure they're going to come, though. This is simply a reframe, and you know the magic's in the reframe. I love my reframes, Okay, baby. okay. I'm going to let you uh, lead with the reframe then. This is just a reframe, you guys. So let's just take a look at the next time you're really frustrated. You're really upset at Karen Karen, or mom, mom, your boss, your sibling, whoever, that person that actually loves you dearly and Mm -hmm. is genuinely super concerned about your behavior and your survival because the way that you're behaving isn't in their programming. In fact, it seems quite dangerous. Yeah, you're making decisions that don't make any sense, that don't follow the script that they've been given, that they run their life by, and they love you so fucking much that they're trying to impose their patterns onto you to keep you safe. Safe from their perspective. Right. Now, some of us understand that perspective is an incredibly relative situation, Mm -hmm. and When we understand that, we have a responsibility to allow others to move with their own perspective. It is not Mm. our job to challenge their nature. Mm -hmm. That's that's really beautiful. Like one of my teachers actually used to say, you know, seeing it's it's up to the person with the most, the highest level of awareness to have the most compassion. Didn't I tell you that? You're one of my teachers. Just calling it out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she uses that when I'm not being compassionate with her. (laughs) And it's infuriating. (laughs) That also applies that you have more awareness than me. So it's kind of a double-edged sword. But Yeah, that's that's the hook you use to get me. (laughs) It works every time, guys. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's, it's imperative for us who are people who are waking up, 
who are on the path to have compassion for those beings who are supporting us on that path, whether directly or indirectly. And I would take it even one step further and like, let's go beyond compassion and go into like legitimate gratitude. Mm. Thank you. Because you're serving your nature, I can serve mine. Thank you, Karen, for staying plugged into the matrix. And I promise I won't force you to wake up. Yeah. Thank you, Karen, for being doing what you were meant to do, following the rules that you're meant to follow, because that is what you're here to do. And you're happy doing that. And who am I to pull you out of that? And in fact, I wouldn't want to because it's a necessary part of the fabric that even enables us to wake up in the first place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, if one day Karen just has an experience that like breaks one of those patterns open in her subconscious. And she's like, she's like, oh my God, Stephanie, blah, 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 blah. Can you believe it? Then it's game on, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It is not our job to force awakening technology down people's throats. Let me say that again. It is not our job to force awakening technology, mindset, or beliefs down somebody else's throat. It is our job to do our own inner work, to become our highest version of ourselves, to be grateful and compassionate for where everybody else is, and when and if, if and when, Karen decides that it is her time because, as you mentioned, something happened then she comes to you for support because you have led in with such light so luminously. Mm-hmm. That can't happen if Karen is pissed off at you because you shove meditation down her throat every time she blinks. Yeah, and if that is happening, if you notice that you are behaving like that, a really good question is like, why do I feel the need to wake everyone that I meet up? What, what is that serving? Is that serving them? You know, like one of my mentors, Jeffrey Martin, definitely went down that path. 10 years of waking people up with technology that's highly refined will put people into stream entry like snap of a finger. Mm-hmm. And he's actually stopped doing it because he's found on the other side, a lot of these people end end into identity crises, lose motivation. Um, He's taken like top level CEOs of VC firms who are just crushing it, changing the world. And they end up moving out to like New Zealand or something. And buying an island and hiding by themselves. And hide away because, you know, they just want to live in the peace and bliss and don't really want to be part of the world anymore. Now you're removing some piece of the fabric that could have had such great potential. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what happens when certain technologies get misused and people get woken up without some sort of supportive container to hold them, without uh, them necessarily being ready in their own nature. Mm-hmm. Right. There's a lot of things that go into that. And I mean, this is a whole other episode. Um, cause this is, this is, I feel the potential for a can of worms right now, but, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that prepare somebody in this lifetime and in prior lifetimes to be at the stage where they're ready and willing and able to awaken. 
and it is not actually meant for everybody. It doesn't actually serve everybody. So when you're getting yourself caught up in like, why you want to pull everybody out of the matrix, it's like, is that truly coming from spirit? Because spirit isn't going to push against the nature of the universe. Mm -hmm. So where inside of you is that voice coming from, that urgency with which to push somebody else against their will? Their will, our will, right? The will. The nature of things. Mm -hmm. You know, the and this is this is one of the reasons like the Buddhists practice something called like universal compassion or metta. And um so you have this impulse, right? Like when you when you wake up, you have this impulse. You want to help everyone, right? You obviously want to um, share what you've been learn learning, and you know you've had a great shift yourself. And it's like, oh my god, I have to share this. I mean, I went through this too. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a great way to channel that energy. You know, the great way to channel that energy is into improving the life of other beings, into doing selfless acts, into creating great compassion in your own mind for the suffering that you know all these other beings are going through. And this is something that we see a lot in, you know, the new age awakening community is I've woken up and therefore it is my responsibility to wake up others. And it's like, no, because you've woken up, it is your responsibility to have compassionate service for others, mm -hmm. which is totally not different. <laughs> yeah. It's not, it's like the difference between love because I expect love back versus true unconditional love. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when you get into like um, servicing others in this way and you start to do it from a place of, wow, these people are plugged into the matrix still. They're undergoing a tremendous amount of suffering and confusion. And what can I do to like really help them through that as opposed to take it away from them? Because the confusion and suffering is there to drive them towards source, right? It's mm -hmm. there to, to help them learn the lessons that their soul needs to learn. So why would you take that away from them? Um, and there's another really important aspect to that. When somebody like Karen comes screaming at you, yelling at you, persecuting you, hurting you, what do you do? Oh, From, you mean I can't just like light them on fire? Well, I mean, not on this planet. <laughs> um, yeah, well, you have to look at it as like, oh my God, this person's having a tremendous amount of suffering. Mm, it right? must be so painful for them to have this experience right now. Yeah, it has nothing to do with me. Literally nothing. So why would why would I get angry at them and like push them away and like light them on fire? Light them on fire. <laughs> you really gotta stop saying that. <laughs> what? Why? I'm saying why would you do that? I'm not encouraging yeah. pyrotechnics yeah. yet. <laughs> yeah, like anytime somebody comes and they're clearly plugged into the matrix, even just at the moment, and they're trying to attack you. Like what their their patterns are really looking to grab onto a pattern inside of you and pull you into that drama. That's what's really happening. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're if you're awake, like the only response is, oh my god, look at the suffering this person's going through. And what do we do when a person is suffering? 
Wow, caring compassion. But as uh, my old avid used to say, not idiot compassion, right? Mm, oh, Junpo Roshi. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't mean you become a doormat. You let people walk all over you. You still have boundaries. You still have your own energetic auric field, which you get to decide what comes in and out of. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also don't need to let their patterns and their emotions knock you over and affect you knock you over pull you in create shame or guilt or contractions in your body or questioning following your own purpose yeah none of that is necessary and the secret to that is to actually just in that moment see the tremendous amount of suffering to remember this person's plugged into the matrix they they're just running a pattern they're running a program they are an npc and they're actually providing a valuable service because if they do trigger something inside of you that's emotional and it arises and it gets you, guess what? That's where your work is. That's your shadow. Yeah. Time to start digging. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll definitely uh, we'll dig into that dynamic in another episode because that, that one's deep. That's going to be a multi-episode one for sure. I mean, that'll probably be in every episode, honestly, because <laughs> it's kind of central to our work. True. Yeah. Very true. So. So in conclusion, what do we do about Karen? God, I, I just love Karen these days. You know, I, I just like... Anytime she sends me a CNN article or something, it's like, did you did you know that like that place that you're in is like super dangerous? <laughs> and oh, it's and, on know, the red list. Yeah, like all this stuff is happening there. I'm like, um, I yeah, I'm reading this article and I'm looking out the window. I'm like, you know, it's a really beautiful day out, Karen. Mm. You should come and visit sometime mm-hmm. when you feel called to. <laughs> So in conclusion, you guys, it's so, so important. Don't push away Karen. Don't light her on fire. Don't get mad. Have compassion for this being that is absolutely of service to your own awakening. She, he, they are simply living out their own nature in very much the same way that awakening is part of yours. We are so grateful that you decided to hit play on today's episode. If anything in this episode has inspired you or helped you transform your life, make sure to let others know by sharing a review on Spotify or iTunes so we can keep our community growing. We absolutely adore giving away free gifts. Send us a screenshot of your review to team at theprism.org to receive a special meditation from us as a gift of gratitude. We absolutely cannot wait to connect with you in the next episode. Between now and then, don't forget to visit our website at theprism.org. And remember, the goal is always in you.